you're listening to an episode of the Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life podcast with your host, Kim Olver. This is Kim, and welcome to the 161st episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life. If you like today's episode, be sure to leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts and share with your friends on social media. Just don't forget to tag me at Olver International. Today, we're going to continue the topic of parenting with Shaker Fadger from Bahrain, a choice theory colleague of mine. Fadger is a faculty member of William Glasser International. She's a basic instructor, and she has a bachelor's degree in business administration. For the last two years, she's been volunteering with people who have Down syndrome using choice theory and her art therapy skills to touch the lives of the people that she volunteers with. She's an artist and attends and shows her work in many art exhibits. And recently, she had her own solo art exhibit featuring her own work. It took us quite some time between our two schedules and the time zone difference to get this podcast scheduled, but I'm so happy we did. And I want to thank you sincerely for being here with me today. Hello. Good evening, Kim. It's my pleasure to be here with you today. I'm so happy to see you again after a while. And thank you again. Oh, you're so welcome. I'm happy to see you as well. Thank you. Some of our audience are choice theory people. So let's start with learning a little bit about your choice theory journey and the impact it had on your life so far. That's a good question. In the beginning, I just started taking the choice theory. I started it in 2017. From the beginning, from the first, let's say, hour, hour and a half, something changed in my mind. It opens lots of knots. It makes like so many lights. I know it touched me. Immediately from the beginning, I thought, oh my God, how come I'm here? How did it happen? Where were I before? I was very sensitive. I was taking all the things on myself and stress. And I like to always please people and give. And all that, sometimes there is no rewards or they don't understand you. And even some issues in your life or like struggling, so many things. We take it immediately to ourselves, and that is very stressful. Blaming ourselves and why and always why we did that and why I didn't do that. But since I took it from the first two hours, things changed and really it touched me and made me cry. And I left Mm. the class. It was Dr. Bashir and Dr. Mohammed, both of them. And then I said, excuse me, I have to leave. I left the class and I wiped my tears and I've been back again to the class because I was like, what I've been doing to myself. Wow. So many things, so many things changed in me. I can't say more about that. It's really changed my life 180 degrees. It gives you a new life. You can see the life differently. You have future, you like yourself, you feel confident, you don't stress yourself, you feel like everything is okay, I just need to change the image, I just change the whatever it comes here and I'm not stuck, everything is okay and don't worry about it. We have to live kindly to ourselves, to be kind. Mainly to ourselves, that's the thing that you got, yeah, yeah, I love that. Choice theory has been called the psychology of relationships, and I'm wondering, how did choice theory affect the adult relationships in your life? 
it affects a lot. As I said before, usually people, I have to please them and convince them. And if you meet people, sometimes there is different mind and different thinking. We always want to prove and that we are right or you are right and myself, I'm right. To that, I felt, okay, this is them. I have to accept them and their thinking. And I have to change either to accept them, to continue with them, or you just to leave in peace. I did lots of filtering, you know, the filter. That yes. helped a lot because if you don't go to the filter, it is too hard without guilt. Not everybody right. knows choice theory. Tell them about the filter that you're talking about. The filter is, you know, you have things in your life. The main thing in choice theory is yourself. To think of yourself, be kind to yourself. Think of yourself in the beginning, the most important. Others is okay, it's fine. Friends, parents, children. If you are good and you're in good shape and you're in good situation, you will give people and others the best of you. But some people who are like, you try hard to please them and to be with them, but it doesn't work. You don't have to stress yourself and force yourself to please others. They have their own mind set and they are not accepting it. So why I stress myself, which affects me, and then I won't please them at the end. These people, I take an aside in peace, in a good way. I don't continue with them in other way. Okay, I'm fine to be with them in different places. To put some barriers, not a big one, but some limits. Right. Uh, We would call that boundaries. We have boundaries around some aspects of our life, but not all. I can be your friend. I can talk to you, but I don't want to have you at my home or I don't want to go on vacation with you. Right. Yes. This month is the month on my podcast that we talk about parenting. And I was hoping you'd be able to say something about that. I know you're a mom, right? Right. And how many kids do you have? I have four kids. Four children. Boys, girls, both? Yeah, two boys and two girls. And how old are they? I have two generations. Two of them in the 20s and two of them, they are like 15, 16 now. Wow. Has choice theory impacted the way you parent? And if so, how? Yes, actually, with the two eldest children, it was not there. I didn't took it yet that time. But myself, my personality, I'm very friendly with my kids. I don't force, I don't control, but I guide. Afterwards, with the smaller kids, an example in school, they have homeworks or tests or exams. I used to be like, you know, putting it on myself, like it's my exams. It's the stressful on me, the stress on myself. Please go, please let us study and do and make an effort and don't fail. And I don't want to see the F and I don't want to see the D mark. Afterwards, I say to myself, okay, even they bring the F and the D, they have to learn and it's fine. Because if I force, they won't understand until this thing affects them directly. So, okay, you want to study? I'm here for you. I will encourage you. I will support you at any time. But please, when you bring the D, think about it. It's your responsibility. It really worked because I felt there is changed in them and they feel more responsible. And once they have the D, the stress goes on them, not on myself. 
even in other issues, like they have a problem with their friends, they come to me and they ask me what to do. We are a friend now, not a mother and a child, more like friendly. So Mm -hmm. yes, if you just go and control and distress and through these things, children will get away from you. Right. They do the opposite. They don't want to be by you. It's like you were talking about with adult friends that you don't want to spend time with. They get that way with you. Like, I'm going to put some boundaries up here, mom. I don't want to hear what you have to say. I don't want to tell you when I'm having a problem. Right. Do you see a difference in your relationship with your younger children than you have with your older children? Or have you been able to bridge that gap since you've learned choice theory? No, it was okay for both of them. In the beginning, when I took the choice theory with the eldest children, there was a question mark on their face. What's going on with my mom here? (laughs) She's like, who are you? And what did you do with my mother? (laughs) Yes, it was okay. It was great. They believe in it and they think very positive. And that is big change. Have you actually taught them choice theory? Indirectly, because you can't force it. Indirectly, they feel it. They can come to me and ask me for their problems or there is struggling or there is any issue that goes with them in the university or with the friends. But indirectly, they don't want to say, oh, you're a specialist or you're an instructor or whatever. They want to feel the mom more right. belonging, love and belonging here. Yes. Yeah. I found that true with my children. I never taught them choice theory. They know that's what I teach, but they've never asked me about it. But what I find, my children are, my oldest is 39 and my youngest is going to be 38 in November. Every now and then, especially my youngest child will say something to me that is so in line with choice theory. And he'll say it with a smirk on his face, like he knows he got it from me, but he'll never say he got it from me. He said to me, well, you know, mom, I've kind of figured out that it doesn't make much sense to worry about things you have no control over. And he looks at me like, go ahead, you tell me that that's what you think. It was so funny. They do. They pick it up by osmosis. If you act that way with them, there's something about the way that you are that communicates to them what you want them to know without having to teach them. And you sit down and try to teach them, they feel like they've got to resist. But if you just are a particular way and they like that, then they can move closer to it. I love that about choice theory. True. Yes. And the way you give it to them indirectly, otherwise, as you said, they will put like boundaries and they will not accept it because they will think that, oh, she's like a teacher or she's like an instructor or there is like formality and I don't want to listen from this angle. Right. I just want my mom. I just want my mom. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Now you said something that I think some people will be a little concerned about. So I want to try to clarify because when you say you're friends with your children, there's people here, especially in the United States, who would say, oh no, you can't be friends with your children because you're the grown up, you're the adult. And you mentioned you guide your children, which is different than I'm friends with my children. They can do whatever they want and it's fine with me. Oh no. Right. So I knew that wasn't what you were saying, but I just wanted to clarify it if anybody's listening and thinks that you're saying, oh, yeah, yeah, just let your children do whatever. So not a problem. No. What do you do when your child is headed in a direction or has come to you with something that 
maybe was a mistake or something that you would like them to have done differently, even though you can't force them, what kind of approach would you take with them? I'll do like, it's all right. You can do a mistake. But since you know and understand your mistake, this is the main thing. And we can make better in another time. Since you understand what you did, we can fix it up. But if someone makes mistake and he keeps on doing it again, this is the issue. We can't figure it out. But since you came here and you make a mistake, we are human. We can make a mistake. So it's fine. Myself, I do the mistakes and then I realize it and we can fix it up. So it's fine. Don't worry about it. And I guide them to do and they do listen. I try to give them their like to be uh, confident and to ask them what they want and what they need and why that happened to them. I do it like I put a mirror to themselves so they can see themselves. I keep asking them why. They reflect on them and then they understand themselves. Mm-hmm. Have you ever run across a situation where you think one of your children have made a mistake and they think they didn't? What do you do with that? It is not a mistake. My daughter and son have friends and they feel like to be friendly with everyone and some friends that they're not happy with their attitude. I said, it's fine. You can't fix them. You can't be perfect. It's fine. Select your friends who you think you like to be with. It's fine. You'll be in peace with them. You'll be all right and leave them in your life, but with a distance. This is the thing. That's kind. But as a mistake, there was not very severe thing that happened. That's good. I'm happy for you. That's a hard <laughs> thing with parents. Right. Do you have any advice for parents who might be listening that would like some help with their own children? Yes, we have to listen and care for our kids. Listening is the main thing and caring and supporting and also, you just keep on encouraging them. If they did something good, keep encouraging them. They want to hear from you because we are the people who are close to them. Otherwise, they will go to other people. They want to other people to listen to them. We have to give them from our time to leave everything sometimes and to be with them, especially if they come to you and sit next to you. Don't be busy with your phone and media or whatever, or, or watching a movie. At that time, it's a precious to spend it with them. Even like an hour, two hours, it really affects their relation and it really affects their future. What I felt with my children, when I speak, they really listen. They want something that helps them without meaning it indirectly. You can feel it. They really want the help but without control. Yeah. And please don't, do you remember bad habit? I bad do. Ha I don't yeah. know if our audience does. Yes. Yeah, so there's five bad habits or six judging and comparing. It's so bad. And it's criticizing, avoid criticizing and comparing and judging. And why you keep on asking them, you did that and why and judging them. And this is so bad. This really brings them down and bring their confidence down and trust them. What I do for myself with my kids is always encouraging them mm -hmm. and never comparing them even with their friends or their sister and brother. No way. I say that everyone is different. 
Everyone has different thinking. Everyone has different ideas. Everyone has different images. And this is it. Yeah, so true. So true. Unfortunately, we're coming to the end of our time together. So I want to give you an opportunity if there's anything you'd like to add that we didn't already talk about. Oh, thank you. Time passed, but there is one thing I want to mention here that I worked like a volunteer with the Down Syndrome Institute in Bahrain. I worked with them in an art therapy. During that time period with the Down Syndrome in the beginning, it was like, I don't know why I came here. And one of my friends told me, just, okay, try to be with them and just try if it works with the art. Just see them. How do they work with you? I started giving them artwork, but there are different level of Down syndrome cases. They are severe and they are like a normal pill. They are like an angel. I was in a heaven with them. Really? Mm. Oh, yes. Because there is no judgment. No judgment uh-huh. at all between us. This is the main thing here. Normal people, there is lots of judgment between us. That made distance. The judgment makes distance. Yes, unfortunately. Yes, but with them, I felt, oh, I am in heaven, and they really love me, and there is uh, lots of emotion. One of the cases, she was a severe girl in a severe case of uh, Down, and she can't talk. Never she talked. We never listened to her voice. They put them in different rooms. If the severe conditions, they put them in another room. So I used to go to her there with another girls. I sit with her and give her some artwork. Always I say to her, I did that for everyone. And I say to her, I love you. How are you? How are you doing? Every day, she never answered. One day, all of a sudden, she said, I love you, with a screaming. Oh, my God. Wow. A what a gift. I said, what? Can you say it again? And she was like saying, I love you, in Arabic, you know? Uh-huh. It was not clear, but she was screaming and she couldn't believe herself. And the school, they were like amazed. Oh my God, they're trying hard to take them for speech therapy, but it didn't work. Then I realized, oh my God. And then her parents, I never met them, but I heard. Afterwards, she can't stop talking at home. (laughs) They may not be happy about that. (laughs) They're not happy about it. Yes. Oh, my um, goodness. What a great story. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. You're welcome. Do you have anything coming up that you'd like to tell our audience about? Anything going on? I know you like to do Instagram lives because I've been on one of those, but I don't know if you're still doing that. If you have anything coming up, you'd like them to know about. Yes, Kim. It was a pleasure to have you on the live Instagram. I still do it. And we will do one more live Instagram with you if you'd like. Of yes. Course. And also there is in October, November, I will do the course of basic intensive. Oh, good. In Bahrain. That will be the first time in Bahrain will happen. That's really exciting. <laughs> I'll have to talk to you after that and see how it went. Right. I'm sure it's going to be lovely. If people want to get a hold of you, reach out to you for any information, how would they find you? Either on Instagram. You have my Instagram account. I can put that in the show notes. Right, please. And also if they like through my phone, by WhatsApp. WhatsApp Okay, so they can call you on WhatsApp or they can message you on Instagram. Perfect. 
Thank you so much for being with us today. It's a pleasure to talk with you. Uh, Thank you very much. Uh, It was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for the invitation. Thank you. Thank you, Kim. You are very welcome. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and remember to leave a review and share with your connections on social media. I also hope you'll join me next week when we'll be continuing the parenting topic with Deborah Gilman, a counselor who helps couples divorce with peace and respect and then assist them to develop a healthy co-parenting relationship. I'm looking forward to it. Talk with you then. This has been another thought-provoking episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life. To listen to past episodes, please visit our website at lifeequalschoices.com or listen wherever you download your podcast. And don't forget, remember to subscribe.